You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Liz Truss has been, if anything, certainly as bad as Johnson on the populism agenda. She wants people to work hard and she hates people being told what to do. The markets are looking very, very closely at political pronouncements. Together, we can ride out the storm. We can rebuild our economy and we can become the modern, brilliant Britain that I know we can be. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, the government unveils a package to support businesses dealing with soaring energy costs. Our reporter Todd Gillespie will take us through the details. Plus, a renewed debate over trickle-down economics ahead of tax cuts expected to be announced by Liz Truss later this week. But first, a grim reminder this morning of why those energy bailouts are necessary. President Putin has declared a partial mobilisation, vowing to use all means necessary to defend Russian territory. This after the recent Ukrainian counteroffensive that dealt his troops their worst defeats since the early months of the conflict. With regard to certain components, they're even more modern than the NATO ones. And if there is a threat to the territorial integrity of our country and for protecting our people, we will certainly use all the means available to us. And I'm not bluffing. That was the Russian President Vladimir Putin speaking through a translator, that in a televised address uh, early on this Wednesday morning. Now, the country's defence minister says that 300,000 reservists could be called up, that they won't be all mobilised at once. This comes after Donetsk, Luhansk and two other Russian-controlled regions of Ukraine said that they will hold referendums on annexation within the next week, provoking really furious reactions from some leaders at the UN General Assembly. Yeah, very much so. Uh, President Macron of France, uh, very strong remarks at the UN General Assembly, calling Moscow's war a return to imperialism uh, in his address on the uh, opening day of the Assembly. Interesting to put these troop numbers into a little bit of context, actually. The US estimated that uh, the 180,000 
uh, troops were amassed by uh, by Russia at the start of the war, just before the February uh, invasion. Uh, Ukraine says it's declared uh, it has about 700,000 now in the field. Although, of course, we have to take some of these numbers with a pinch of salt. Uh, you know, during war, these numbers can get distorted. Mm. And Ukraine aiming to create uh, a million strong army. Interesting also these uh, referenda being held in the four uh, regions by Russia. Of course, we've uh, seen this before in Crimea. You remember in 2014, uh, Russia held that uh, uh, that, that vote on becoming part of the Russian Federation and 97% uh, it was reported uh, voted to join the Russian Federation. So I think there was a combination of Ukrainians not taking part in that vote and perhaps uh, Russia uh, not reporting uh, the votes correctly. But I think we can probably expect uh, when this vote uh, takes place that uh, it will go very much in, in, in Russia's favour. Of course, it's been condemned by much of the, uh, much of the international community. Yeah, and, and really we did see so much of this play out at the UN General Assembly. Olaf Scholz among those, you know, being extremely dismissive of these uh, and condemning of these uh, this move uh, by Russia as it's seen to have been orchestrated. And I mean, Emmanuel Macron's speech, he was thumping the podium, really criticising this idea of Russian imperialism in his words. Remember that Emmanuel Macron has been someone who has really been involved in since the very early on in this issue, having just Discussions with President Zelensky, that recorded phone call w- that we heard where President Zelensky asked him to call Vladimir Putin at the start of the conflict uh, to try and stop uh, the invasion happening. Uh, and of course, you know, Macron took a lot of criticism early on in this as well for, for engaging with Putin at a time when the invasion appeared imminent. Let's take a listen to what the French president said at the United Nations. Those who are keeping silent today actually are in a way complicit with the cause of a new imperialism, a new order that is trampling over the current order and there's no peace possible here. Emmanuel Macron speaking at the UN General Assembly in New York. Well, let's get back to the UK now. And the government has unveiled details of how it plans to keep help businesses deal with soaring energy prices. Remember, they haven't been covered by energy price caps until now, so their bills have shot up exponentially. Well, let's get more details with Todd Gillespie, our European power, gas and renewables reporter. Todd, now a cap on wholesale energy prices. Just talk us through the details of this. Yeah, of course. So it's it's not a cap on a market price. It's it's not a cap on the end delivery price, but this is a cap on the wholesale portion of a business's bill. So that always con- con- uh, contributes to the lion's share of the cost. Um, so the government is essentially saying, right, if you've locked in your contract since the 1st of April this year, the price that you're going to be paying for six months from October the 1st, um, the wholesale portion of that will be fixed by us. Um, and that means that the government's going to basically discount uh you know to the tune of potentially up to 40 billion pounds um every you know every business in the uk that's eligible for that uh for the next six months so this is a vast vast package um which kind of yeah it, it really sort of saves a lot of businesses that were, were that were looking to you know were staring in the face of tenfold jumps in their bills yeah we've all seen these stories about particularly small businesses talking about how the, you know the increase in their energy bills could in some cases be larger than their rent on the projected prices will it in effect bring down the price that businesses are currently paying or merely cap it where it is now yeah no it will be ca- it will be bringing it down a lot um for, particularly for businesses for instance who fix their contracts in late august um 
you're you I mean you were looking at massive wholesale price spikes um in late August and the these there was there were some businesses who would have fixed in their contracts just knowing that they wouldn't be able to pay it. Um so now looking forward, um, you know, these businesses instead of paying, you know, ten times the price that they were previously paying, they might only be paying around four times the price. Um, five a, times the price. But this is only for people that have companies that have fixed since April, right? So if yeah. they've fixed I mean I don't really know how these business energy bills work it seems pretty complex to me but if they fixed a, a year ago then they're not going to be covered by this yeah but the prices a year ago weren't as high as they are now and haven't been since they were, uh, since april so in april we really started feeling the the big hits from uh, the invasion of ukraine and the starting russia starting to squeeze the flows to europe so um if you signed your business contract last year you're probably on a fixed rate which is which is pretty steady and you've probably already been able to uh, you know, adjust your spending to to afford that, even if it was a slight hike on what you were previously paying. Um, if you need to renew now, say your contract was only for a year, and you're looking at renewing, you know, maybe sometime this winter, um, you know, you'll have to be you'll have to sign up to you know what looks like on paper a very high rate, but it will be discounted um, until the end of uh, until the end of winter, really. Um, so then you only really st- need to start worrying about this after the six months are up and the government at some point uh, during this process will be reviewing this, will be looking mm. at you know which sectors are worst affected, which um, what kind of support they can do to sort of extend it for certain sectors which are most vulnerable, for instance in hospitality. Um, you're looking at a lot of pubs, a lot of cafes that operate on small margins pote- potentially going under. Um, so you know this is the kind of thing that they'll be looking to extend. Yeah, because I, I read that uh, they're going to review after three months with an option to extend support for vulnerable businesses. Uh, so I guess they're going to look at people that might need uh, even more help. Um, so at the moment, this is just for six months, isn't it? And that, that was sort of widely flagged it was going to be for six months. But th- there's there's no way that this is going to sort of stop in in March, is it? And 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 never come back unless yeah. the thing, you know the situation clears up in Ukraine and, and prices drop even further i know they've dropped quite a bit in the last few weeks yeah i mean the, the main issue really is that you have consumption that's highest during winter right so you need it for heating you need you know businesses pay a larger proportion of their revenue into energy bills during winter months so the cushion that you get simply from summer months will sort of alleviate that so when you know when we're coming out of winter and businesses don't need to pay as much towards their energy bills anyway because of weather patterns um you're gonna be you know the government i'm sure will sort of take stock and see what, what's happening in the wholesale market at that point um but you know that yeah i mean you're right energy bills generally energy wholesale prices are predicted to stay pretty elevated for years to come mm. um but it, there are some positive signs that you know gas storage is good um there are you know long-term lng contracts being signed bringing gas into europe that you know doesn't depend on russia um so there are positive signs for the european market i mean we're still looking at prices you know for f- five years from now that are still you know, three or four years from now, that are still four or five times what they were. You know, uh, what we've come to expect before the energy crisis, um, and that was. You know, many people are just kind of saying, you know, there's just going to need to be an adjustment as to how businesses, households, and governments budget for these things, and and also looking seriously at demand reduction to to sort of you know help lower the amount of money that we're that we're spending on on energy. Um, you know, not just expecting you know energy for nothing essentially Mm. or expecting really cheap energy but really you know thinking about our consumption and also potentially saving the planet in in the process Todd I I see in your piece uh, on Bloomberg today about this the the examples quoted from the the Department of Business Energy and Industrial Strategy talking about a pub um, that if they'd fix their prices in August and be paying about £7,000 this bailout means they'll only pay about £4,900 a month for six months so that'll be a 40% reduction in that case 
this all is, is quite reminiscent of the plan that's already been announced by the government, which is for households, quite different and is it fair to say on a much bigger scale? Yeah, I mean the household budget, the household package looks set to cost the government at least 130 billion pounds, so more than triple uh, what the business package will pay. But that does last for two years, um, and that's essentially put a ceiling um, on the unit prices uh, again that, that households can pay. So you're looking, you know, you're looking at a much longer term, a steadier, uh, steadier process here. We're also looking at fewer companies having to deal with this. There are fewer household suppliers left in the market. If you remember, about 30 have gone bust since August last year. The business market, on the other hand, is a much bigger market. It's much more complex. Um, there are many more you know, little details that need to be worked out, different kinds of contracts. You have flex contracts, you have businesses that hedge their own uh, volume. You know, The household market is much more straightforward. Um, but yeah, the cost to the UK government, I mean, there are figures out from Bruegel right now this morning, which show that the UK government, both in percentage of GDP terms and also in real terms, is spending more than any other country in Europe now uh, on uh, cushioning households and businesses uh, from the energy crisis. So we're talking really big money here, and they haven't set out concrete costing or how they're going to pay for it yet either. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork, and it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to 
to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, call it a mini budget, a fiscal event or an emergency budget, but the new government will be unveiling its latest tax and spending plans on Friday. Liz Trust is pushing ahead with plans for tax cuts, despite criticism that the rich are likely to benefit the most. Well, speaking in New York yesterday, the Prime Minister said she's not afraid of being unpopular. What is important to me is that we grow the British economy, because that is what will ultimately deliver higher wages, more investment in towns and cities across the country. That is what will ultimately deliver more money into people's pockets. Well, speaking in New York, that was the Prime Minister there ahead of the UN General Assembly. Uh, Our economics and government correspondent Lizzie Burden is with us now in studio. Lizzie, what did you make of those comments from Liz Truss? Is she being brave by telling us she's willing to make difficult decisions? I think Liz Truss would certainly like you to think so. She's setting out her stall as a conviction politician a la Margaret Thatcher, who she's never shunned a comparison to before. Uh, Of course, she's the self-styled disruptor-in-chief. Hearing again, she is admitting that her tax cuts will benefit the rich initially, even if she hopes that they will boost growth in the long term. She is likely to cancel the planned corporation tax rise in the mini budget on Friday, scrap the cap on bankers bonuses. The Times reporting that she's going to cut stamp duty. She says that uh, Rich people pay more tax, so of course they're going to benefit more from these in the short term. But Joe Biden, the US president, lashed out at what he called trickle-down economics. Truss's team insists he was not talking about her. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. (laughs) But uh, Truss says she's not afraid to be unpopular, so it doesn't look like he's going to change her direction. Yeah, the US president tweeting, I'm sick and tired of trickle-down economics. It has never worked. Yes, I've been pretty blunt there. Interesting to contrast uh, uh, the situation with with, with, uh, uh, Thatcher and Reagan that you you mentioned, because, of course, they were so uh, in sync on so many things. But I guess, uh, you know, Biden is a Democrat and uh, uh, Liz Truss is a a conservative. So I guess Liz Truss can 
carry on her economics without... To be fair, this is also a broader discussion that's happening in the US and completely different matters as well. So, you know, it's not entirely impossible that this was completely unrelated um, to Liz Truss. You're saying that Joe Biden doesn't just entirely base his tweets around the British British Prime Minister? I couldn't possibly comment (laughs) on something like like Uh, that. Uh, So, Liz, you talked about some of the tax cuts there that are being proposed that we're expecting to get details of later this week. Can the UK afford tax cuts given we've gone through a period of massive of spending. Yeah, and it's not just the tax cuts, it's also the energy bailouts uh, for consumers and for business, as we heard about today. Uh, the ONS, the Office for National Statistics, published its public borrowing figures this morning, and it was twice the level expected in May because higher interest rates have pushed up borrowing costs. Uh, can the government afford it? Well, the Treasury Select Committee Chairman Mel Stride has written to the Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng asking him to guarantee that the mini-budget on Friday is going to be audited by the Office for Budget Responsibility, the fiscal watchdog. So clearly there are concerns. The trust team says that there isn't time for the OBR to do that. The OBR says it can cobble together something quickly. Uh, But it's not just a question of can the Treasury afford it. It's also will her plans add to inflation and crucially will they actually boost growth? Because Bloomberg Economics says that they're not going to boost growth. So £40 billion pounds for businesses, £130, £140 billion pounds for domestic energy. We've got corporation tax cuts. We've got national insurance tax cuts and possibly a stamp duty giveaway. All this adds up to a lot of money. This will be uh, at the back of the mind, won't it, or front of mind for the Bank of England, won't it, when they meet uh, tomorrow for their, their delayed meeting. Yeah, the question really for the Bank of England is do they go for 50 basis points or 75 basis points? Markets see 75, economists see 50. And that's because economists reckon that the energy bailout for consumers has cushioned the short-term inflation blow. But really, 50 is going to look dovish in the international context, given what the uh, Fed and the ECB have been doing. And the Bank. Yeah, and we're also expecting an inflation forecast from the BOE. It'd be interesting to see where they see inflation peaking now. They had seen 13% in October, but again, given the energy bailout, maybe that's changed the picture. And the last point is about quantitative tightening because maybe the Bank of England is going to put the brakes on that given all of the borrowing that the bailout and the tax cuts are going to surely necessitate because if they don't the Bank of England is going to be pulling in opposite directions. And of course there's this question too about how the the growth forecast might be changed as well because the Bank of England had been very gloomy about five quarters uh, of recession. And indeed Trust said that a recession wouldn't be inevitable if you picked her as leader. Oh, interesting, uh, perhaps, to see how that bears out as well. Lizzie, I do want to bring you back to one of the the kind of latest elements that we're hearing about this package, which is uh, the potential for a stamp duty tax cut. This sounds like very classic Conservative Party politics. Were we not just waiting for a policy to boost the housing market from the, the new Conservative government? This story is from The Times. Now, let's see if it gets confirmed in the mini-budget on Friday. But of course, there were worries of a housing market slowdown. Uh, the worry about a stamp duty cut would be that it means house prices keep on rising, keeping first-time buyers out of the off the property ladder. 
Is there going to be something else to counter that effect in terms of building new homes to help those uh, people who are still renting get into the market? We don't know yet. Uh, But I asked a former chancellor whether there was a Tory conspiracy to keep house prices rising, and he was very certain that there was not. He said that uh, really the only people that benefit from house prices rising and rising are people who have just got onto the market because they're concerned about negative equity. So he absolutely ruled out this idea. Uh, But if you think that a third of people in the UK have already paid off their mortgage and they tend to be older, I think you have to question which way they vote. Hmm. But it'll be interesting to see if we do get the stamp duty cut whether it only applies to first-time buyers because that has been done in the past before, hasn't it? And of course, we had the stamp duty... We had the two stamp duty cuts, didn't we? We we had the first one during the pandemic and then it was extended... Uh, against a, a lot of people's uh, suggestions, whilst the housing market was already on fire because of the uh, race for space, it was then extended by the government, which uh, really added fuel to that particular fire, which is possibly what they wanted to do. Well, before you think that I'm being conspiratorial, let's look at the history of Tory policies that have supported the housing market. The help to buy scheme, uh, the, that other stamp duty cut, right to buy, you know, uh, it, it, it would be much more targeted indeed to limit the stamp duty cut to first-time buyers. Let's see whether they do it on Friday. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash radio.